Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. That's James the Brain. I hear that C.J. Anderson is close to signing with Saskatchewan. That's Travis the Beard. Um, I think I might be in love with auction leagues, John. I'm John Redline Hogue, and this (laughs) is Super Flexible. We have, as we mentioned on our uh, on a tweet from our Super Flex Pod account the other day. We have the best listeners on earth, easily. And we got a chance to hear from some of them, um, some uh, some particularly vocal ones more than anything. But um, we, got, uh, we got some feedback, some questions, some comments from a few of our listeners. No top sixes. I was really hoping for some of those. So you'll have to send that to us next time. But we're going to answer some listener questions today, nice and straightforward. What do you think, guys? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And John, real quick, before we get started, um, I missed the last couple podcasts uh, last week, and I kind of wanted to take a minute to um, to congratulate yeah. you publicly um, on your Me? on your recent engagement, um, dude. It couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I'm so happy for you. I know uh, Travis and I were both uh, both wanted to take a minute to you know congratulate you publicly and uh, let you know how happy we are for you. So, man, congratulations. Oh, uh, thanks so much, dude. I really appreciate that. I thought you were going to congratulate me. What the hell, James? On... <laughs> yeah, right under the bus. <laughs> we didn't talk about this at all. I didn't congratulate John one bit on the podcast. No, you did not. Well, we were going to do it so, together, Travis. Anyways. Um... <laughs> yeah. Well, I really appreciate it, guys. That means a lot. Um, yeah, that was a uh, that was a very special moment, and uh, um, it was awesome to be able to share that on Twitter, and. Uh, uh, even though the I, I so I posted it as a trade poll. I said I traded in a girlfriend and a diamond ring and got back a fiance, and uh, the trade poll was about two to one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, to all the smart asses who who voted that I should have kept the girlfriend in the ring, um, thank you for voting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Twitter Twitter trade polls are sometimes the absolute worst. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate that. I thought you were about to congratulate me on that uh, that team I constructed out of players outside the top two hundred. I thought that's what was coming, led by Kenneth Dixon among others. I don't know why he would have done that. Mine was way better. <laughs> yeah, you probably won that one. We didn't even put that <laughs> on Twitter for very very. I almost did today, but I I didn't as you know out of respect for your feelings. That's a that's an engagement. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> listener, listener episode this week. Uh, we get to give some feedback and talk to some of these these awesome guys that we have out here. So let's get it rolling. I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get to hear hear from our listeners all the time, and we love it. Um, so this is a this is an opportunity to actually get some of this uh, some of this stuff out into the universe. And uh, and actually, kind of address it publicly for because a lot of times people have some of some very similar thoughts and very similar questions and issues. So this is a great way to uh, kind of release that, I guess. Get a get a pressure release here. So here we go. We're gonna start with a, a comment or a, a 
a poll that we got um, sent to our trades account. And uh, on Friday's episode, by the way, we're going to we're going to talk some trades. Um, but you can send those to at Superflex Trades. You can send them to at Superflex Pod, and you can send it to any one of us. Travis is at Travis NFL. James is at DFF underscore the brain. I'm at DFF Dynasty Dude. And you can send us questions. You can send us trade polls. We can retweet it. We can get it out to more people and uh, get you some more votes, some more advice. And above all else, we can talk about it here on the podcast. So here's what we got from Dynasty Football, Dynasty FF Addict. It's actually at Rocky underscore Petrella. It, it was a comment on another Twitter thread, and he was curious what, what people thought about this. How many folks out there use trade calculators? And if you do, how much stock do you put into what they say? And uh, he asked for comments in addition to voting. 63% said, I use trade calculators. 37% said trade calculators suck. And I'm curious where you guys are at on this. Yeah, I think that they're useful. And we kind of talked a little bit about this earlier off air, but they're definitely by no means are they the end all be all to any sort of trade discussion. And there's the issue is that every situation is different and these trade calculators have an assigned value and you're never going to get a trade calculator that gives a value on a player that holds true in every single situation. So they're useful. I think they're a useful tool to kind of get a baseline value. If you're trying to, you know, have or, or start trade negotiations with somebody. Um, but if, it, I mean, if you're in a league where anybody forms their own opinions on these players or does research or watches film or any of that kind of thing, like they're not as useful because everybody already has their own opinions on all of these players that we're talking about. So throwing a trade calculator at anybody who knows what they're talking about is could actually end up being kind of insulting like yeah i know that it says that but in this situation with this roster and and your roster that doesn't make any sense at all yeah no travis i i I agree with a lot of what you said honestly i think i think everyone you know pretty much every owner is going to kind of customize their rankings to to kind of their thoughts and what they value i mean for instance a trade calculator, you know, will tell you the value based upon, you know, certain criteria, maybe ADP, maybe um, fantasy points from last year. Uh, but there's a lot more that you have to take into consideration. And I think some owners weigh things heavily, more heavily than than others. And so they're going to base their opinions and have their rankings set up differently. So like you said, you know, you're you're going to, you know, send a trade offer over and say, well, the trade calculator says, well, yeah, that's great. And that gives you kind of a, a baseline on, on value, I guess. But it's not the end-all, be-all. It shouldn't be. Um, shouldn't be the be-all, end-all for anything, um, basically. Like you said, you know, uh, owners are going to have their own way of establishing, um, you know, value for different players. Some are going to look at um, fantasy points. Some are going to look at consistency. Some are going to look at, um, you know, outliers. Some are going to look at uh, you know, uh, I, I mean, are they a boomer bust player? Are you getting most of your fantasy points in three weeks or is it kind of spread out over the course of the year? I mean, there's a lot to take into consideration. What does your team need? Like you said, you know, like, do you need that weekly consistency or can you take a shot on an upside guy? 
I think there's a lot more that you have to weigh. So, um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think you can get a base value, but it's really nothing more than that at this point. I think that, uh, you know, at some point a trade calculator is going to come around that you can customize a little bit more, um, that you can kind of put in different teams and kind of see what happens from that aspect. But that's that's about it. I don't know. What do you think, John? Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, the 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 number one thing that you're looking for in a trade is how does this benefit my team? And the problem is a trade calculator can't tell you that. There's no possible way for it to do it. So, you know, it, here's one of my biggest pet peeves in all of Dynasty. This should have been on one of my top sixes, to be honest. But I hate it when I get a trade proposal and I reject it and I even say why. And then I get a screenshot of a damn trade calculator back saying, well, this says it's totally balanced. Okay, well, that's fine. The running back that you that you're trying to get from me is worth a relatively as much as the wide receiver that you're trying to give to me. The problem is everybody knows the way I construct my teams is I build around the wide receivers. So if you're trying to offer me a, you know, a wide receiver three, he's probably going to be like the fifth or sixth best on my roster. And I'm never going to get an opportunity to start him. Meanwhile, you're asking me to give up my best running back. So, you know, there's a there's a relative value to these players that a trade calculator can't possibly include in their algorithm. At least not yet. It it'll happen at some point. So, you know, you you like you said, you can like you both said, you can get a baseline of what a player's trade value would be. But from there, you have to do some critical thinking and make sure that you're sending a proposal or accepting a proposal that makes sense for both sides all right let's get another one in here this is from our friend matt hicks you guys just uh started a a, a super flexible super friends uh super flex league 16 teams and matt's in that league um, he's at top two matt on twitter and he asked about jordan howard so i'm guessing that he ended up with jordan howard but i don't know that for sure um this is somebody that also that we've talked about quite a bit so um, anyways, here's a question. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Jordan Howard's value. I think I got him cheap in the auction. Ah, there it is. He got him. I have him as a running back nine overall, as the running back nine overall in Dynasty. Was a fringe RB1 in two seasons in a terrible Chicago offense. Now has a passing game to open up running lanes, and Nagy leads the offense. Am I too high on him? Oh, I'm waiting on you, Travis. <laughs> so yeah, we all know how this is going to go, but <laughs> I'm just curious how the phrasing is going to go and how uh, um, how many personal insults it's going to include. So, so Matt, you suck. No, I'm, no, I'm kidding. Um, There's one. <laughs> no, I mean the value. The value he got. So, just for some reference, he paid 136 dollars for Jordan Howard in a thousand dollar budget auction league. And he's probably easily like the 40th most expensive player. So I'm just, I'm eyeballing that right now. But this league also has a point per carry, point per target. I mean, it's a quarter point quarter, per carry, yeah. quarter point per target. Two tight end, also tight end boosted and super flex. But 
Yeah, I mean, the value that, that he paid I don't think was bad. I wouldn't have paid it because I just don't believe in the player. But if you believe in the player, I mean, you got a good value on him. So I, I'm, I'm starting to – I mean, I don't like Jordan Howard. I don't think he's all that good. He can't catch the football. There's like two. literally cannot – grasp a football in between his hands when it's flying in the air towards him like make it three he's incapable of of closing his hands around a football in midair <laughs> but or with a bullet <laughs> um i mean he's a good interior runner and and he's he, he makes a good point i mean there's a lot of arguments you can make in favor of jordan howard for this year as far as not having a drop off, right? Like you've got a new offensive coordinator mm-hmm. and Trubisky's in his second year and they finally got passing weapons around him. I just, it's possible that he has another good year. I'm not saying that's not the case. I just don't think he's, he's, he's definitely absolutely not a special player by any means. Is he a solid in between the tackles runner? Sure. Um, but I just, I think that's it. And, on top of that, I mean, we've heard trade rumors. Who knows if they're true or not? They could absolutely be falsified, but it totally makes sense to me <laughs> if they don't want him on their team. <laughs> um, and they've got Tariq Cohen. <laughs> That's five. Yeah, so are they going to – I mean, if they – I don't know, man. I just my – whole, my whole thought on Jordan Howard is he's not a special player. He's going to be valuable for a very short period of time, maybe just this one more year even, and maybe even not that. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like, I, he's not, he doesn't That's have all. long-standing power. That's all running backs, says John. <laughs> you know no, it's not, though. It's not. Thank you. Thank you for getting it out. he's not a special player. He's not uber-talented. He's not one of the elite options in at the position. He's not Todd Gurley. He's not David Johnson. He's not Le'Veon Bell. You know, I mean, he's he's a very limited player. He has a role in an offense, sure. And could this offense be better? And could it produce fantasy points? Absolutely. And I could look really stupid for another 12 months. But I guarantee you I'm going to look really not stupid <laughs> sooner rather than later. Because he's not, he's not going to be a long-term NFL, you know, elite RB1. Wow. I okay, so very Sorry, Matt. I'm sorry, Matt. I like you, Matt. And I think the price you paid isn't isn't egregious. So I, I think you're fine. This is too little yeah. too late, Travis. Most of the this insults were directed late. at uh most of the insults there were directed at Jordan Howard, not at Matt. Yeah, I have so. no problem yeah, with Matt. Just the player <laughs> that he likes. I love no, Matt. Um, I man, okay, so first off, something that you said, Travis, like Man, I, I very rarely am I going to guarantee anything when it comes to fantasy football. The fact that you were willing to go that strong, that you guarantee that Jordan Howard won't remain a, a, a top fantasy asset at the, at the running back position for longer than a year just is shocking to me. So I'll just say that much. Um, That's fair. The fact Can that I you went that strong... Guarantee? You did, you did, and huh. the that the fact that you went that strong kind of makes remember. me hesitant. <laughs> it may, may, <laughs> makes me hesitant a little bit, but I, I tell you what, I I don't have Jordan Howard ranked as a top ten dynasty running back. I think I have him towards the twelve thirteen 
area and there's a little bit of a difference there i think just because you know you're talking you know mid-range rb1 to low-end rb1 maybe high-end rb2 and so there's there's a difference in the expectation i would have for that player um, and I think you kind of nailed it, Travis, is that there's limited upside with him in the passing game. And so there's not really a whole lot of room for his numbers to go up, in my opinion, because when you run for almost, when you rush for almost 1,200 yards and, you know, your touchdown total is decent, I mean, really, what what's the best you're expecting? I mean, out of a guy who isn't David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell, I mean, 1,500 yards is awful ambitious, you know, rushing, and his receiving totals aren't there, so... I think that there is a limited upside with him. However, I also think that you kind of know what you're getting with him. I mean, I I could see that, you know, around 1,000 yards, give or take, you know, a couple hundred, uh, depending on a good year to a bad year. But, um, yeah, that being said, I just I, I would just caution because uh, some of the points that Matt made as far as the offense goes, I definitely think Matt Nagy, you know, bringing in Matt Nagy and, and changing the coaching staff and the philosophy is a good thing. But you're still relying on Allen Robinson, who, I mean, is hurt just as often as he's healthy. You're relying on Taylor Gabriel, who I'm not real sure how good he is any to begin with. And Trey Burton, who, I mean, I'm high on, but we really haven't seen a lot of production on. I mean, how much better are they really? I mean, I, I don't know. You know, if Allen Robinson gets hurt, I don't know how much better this Bears passing attack is this year than they were last year. So I, I, I just caution... Pump the brakes a little bit on on what you expect from Jordan Howard. I like the player, but I don't know that I would have him as a top 10 dynasty running back. That's just my thought on it. But um, I don't know. What do you think, John? Uh, Oh, wait. By the way, sorry. The bulldozer. I I, I have to throw in that he's the bulldozer. I I didn't (laughs) say it once. Gross. (laughs) The bulldozer. Yeah, nine is probably a little uh, a little ambitious for me. Um, that that's a little too. Fun. I mean, I actually have him as running back sixteen, and I mean, I've said I've I've said this on the show more times than I could count. But I mean, if you if you buy into the notion that the Bears are, you know, as an offense is going to turn it around and going to take a step this year, it all starts with Jordan Howard. It has to, you know, it's all volume. Um, you know, Wait, run, Trubisky, run that by me again, because you're, you're I saying mean, th- the way that you, the way that you ease a second year quarterback into the system. And I, I said the same thing about Kareem Hunt the other day with Pat Mahomes, but the way you ease Mitchell Trubisky into this new system is you, you know, you you don't ask him to do a lot. You you're not asking him to throw a lot of passes. I mean, Jared Goff didn't even attempt 300 passes um, this past season, and that's and to me that's exactly what's going to happen with Mitchell Trubisky. The way this offense turns it around is Mitchell Trubisky hands off to Jordan Howard. Now, I mean, he doesn't have Todd Gurley. He doesn't have the do it all back. It, there's going to be it's going to be a combination of Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, but that's the way that you that's the way that you get Mitchell Trubisky off on a pro- positive trajectory. Is you don't ask him to do a lot, you don't ask him to attempt, you know, a ton of passes. You you let him hand the ball off and then you know complete complete a third down here and there, 
take some shots deep, you know, a couple times a game just for some confidence type stuff. But for the most part, this offense is going to run through Jordan Howard, at least at this moment. I mean, you know, there's a possibility that they draft somebody, but as for what we know right now, this offense is going to, it's going to begin and end with Jordan Howard. I disagree, man. I so disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. I mean, we need, we, we can't spend this much time on this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one that we've talked about quite a bit. I get what you're saying as far as you want to, you want to dumb down the playbook a little bit and, and make easy reads and, and an easy offense for your second year quarterback. But to say the offense, the Chicago bears offense begins and ends with Jordan Howard is the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard. He is not. He's not. <laughs> from a game even plan close standpoint, to the most talented player on that team, how would you possibly begin and end an offense with him? It's just, I mean, you have because a good because you have a good young starting quarterback, as so we think, and you have. I mean, you just brought in all these pass catching weapons. You have an electric player at the running back position in Tariq Cohen, and you have now legitimate passing off like passing weapons like to run an offense through jordan howard the fifth round jag is not the way you're going to win football games well you're definitely not going to win football games if you ask mitchell trubisky to do it you don't know that you're going to ruin him who's okay i i get what you're saying and i Granted, I mean, you can't you really use Jared Goffin as, as an example because they fed the crap out of Todd Gurley. But Jordan Howard yeah, is not Todd that's Gurley, what... man. Not even close. No, but the the aggregate of Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen is going to be close to Todd Gurley. Sure. Especially, at least in volume. Maybe not in production, but in volume for sure. You hand the so ball you, off to Jordan you Howard, take... you throw the ball to to Tariq Cohen. So let's say you take 60% of Todd Gurley's production and give it to Howard and 40% and give it 40% of it and give it to Tariq Cohen. Where does that where does Jordan Howard finish? I mean I RB like I said I've got 18? him at running back 16 like, right that's now. That's what I'm saying. That's and, that's my whole point. For dynasty. That's my whole point. Yeah, He's I mean, not a special player. He doesn't demand full control of the offense like Todd Gurley does I mean not control you know what I'm saying like yeah yeah definitely work, and and I agree load. with that yeah like I said He's I mean a special player like I, like I said like to clarify he is not Todd Gurley I'm just saying that the way it doesn't matter who it is back there it doesn't matter if it's Jordan Howard or you know who whoever or Nick it doesn't Chubb matter in who the you second put. round maybe <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, if if they get well, if they get Nick, if they get Nick Chubb, this is a different conversation. Like I said, I have no idea what's going to happen in the draft, and that could drastically right. change things. But based on what we know right now, yeah, Jordan Howard is—he's just the volume guy. Do I do I believe that he's going to do a lot with it? No, not necessarily. But I mean, volume is kind of the king when it comes to fantasy, especially with the running backs. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, he's right for these type of players. It is. Yeah. Yeah. He falls into that same exact, like that, 
that CJ Anderson, Eddie Lacy kind of mold for me. Yeah. Which are both guys, by the way, who, you know, with enough volume did perform as running back ones. Right. For a very short period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And he's already done that. Like he's done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to get like, I don't want people to get me wrong. Like, it's a very legitimate possibility that Jordan Howard could have a thousand yards and ten touchdowns. Yeah, like that could act. That could le- easily happen. But yeah. I just don't. I don't think he's long for that type of role. I don't either. But again, I don't. Think yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> except for maybe a handful of them. But okay, so sorry, yeah, Matt. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. So none of us can quite get on board with running back nine. Just for context, James but the value has is running good. back twelve. Yeah, yeah. It ended up being very the good value, value especially in this all. scoring. Yeah, in this scoring, it's absolutely right. Um, it's absolutely worth it because again, like you're in this in this format, you honestly are just looking for volume. That point per carry is so powerful if you've got somebody who carries the ball, you know, two, three hundred times in a season. But all right, let's move on to the next one. This is from Dangle at Hey Dangle on Twitter. <laughs> that made John giggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> Dangle. <laughs> is the 2019 wide receiver class good or are they slow as four-letter word pound that, sign pound uh, sign pound sign pound sign yeah. we'll use our imagination on what that one is <laughs> so i think we're going to turn this over to our resident debbie guy james i i'm guessing has an answer for it that i certainly would not and uh yeah, this is all yeah. you james yeah 2019 wide, wide receiver class they seem yep. pretty hyped so far uh what's your take yeah, man, they're hyped for a good reason. I mean, you've you've got some names here, just some physical specimens that I'm really looking forward to seeing kind of what they do next season. Some of the names you're going to watch, uh, Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State is a big physical fast receiver. Um, he's got all the, the physical attributes that you want, and you really started to see that last year on the field. Um, so that's a guy that I would, I'd want a top pick in the 2019 class to grab him. Um, but there, there's a lot of other guys at the top. There's probably, it it probably goes about five deep before you start looking at, you know, some of the depth guys, some other guys that are available. Brian Edwards out of South Carolina had an excellent year last year. Um, this is a guy who, I mean, he really impressed last year. He came into his own out of South Carolina and, um, you know, you just kind of want to look to see if he can follow up that strong season with another strong showing because he has a lot of the physical tools too. Um, there's a group, there's two guys out of Ole Miss. A.J. Brown is one of them who, I mean, honestly, the other guy is D.K. Metcalf. D.K. Metcalf was, you know, kind of the guy that you thought was going to be the wide receiver one there, and A.J. Brown really took over last year. I mean, he looked the part every bit, um, every bit the part of a wide receiver one. He, he, um, he fit the bill there, and, uh, so D.K. Metcalf is a guy who I think a lot of us are really high on in the, in the Devi community, because, because of the physical skills he has too, he's a big, lengthy, tall receiver. Um, you know, has a lot of speed. is is a really, really good, good player. Um, but AJ Brown outperformed him last year, so it, it seems like those two guys are both guys to keep an eye on. Uh, another guy, Kelvin Harmon, out of uh, NC State, um, is 
is a really good receiver. Uh, and really, uh, Amon Richards, you know, is another guy I'd probably put in that group. So probably goes about six deep. Um, and Amon Richards is out of Miami, um, and he also kind of came into his own last year. And you kind of look for him to take the next step in his development. So as far as the 2019 receivers go, I, I, I think it's really looking up. And there's there's more names out there um, that can really help themselves with some strong years. Guys like Debo Samuel, another guy who's a little bit of a sleeper who I like a lot too. A uh, guy that I would keep my eye on is Anthony Johnson out of Buffalo. He's he, He's got speed to burn and he's, he's a really good receiver. Plays for Buffalo, so he kind of flies under the radar a little bit. But that's a guy that I'm also really high on. So um, there's there's a lot of guys there um, towards the top. I, I would say it, it's probably six deep right now. And uh, obviously there's several other guys who you know can take that next step and put themselves in that top tier. But, man, I think it's six strong at the top. And uh, it's definitely a better class in 2019 than I think is you know the incoming class here in 2018. So if you need a receiver, if, if your fantasy team needs a receiver – um, I normally don't advocate trading, you know, a pick this year for one next year, but maybe consider, you know, moving back, moving to 2018, you know, late 2018 this year, uh, first, you know, like a 2018, 110 or 112 or something for, uh, 2019 first and second, maybe if you can get that value and, uh, and really bank on getting a, a better wide receiver or having an opportunity at a better wide receiver in next year's draft. Nice. That's some good stuff. So real quick, by the way, the Debbie watch is out. Go to dynastyfootballfactory.com and order that. You get the same type of analysis you just got, you know, times 200. There's so many, so many player profiles on that thing, plus a super flex mock. So some, some really useful tools um, to, uh, to start looking ahead to the 2019 rookie class and beyond, actually. They've got a couple others beyond that. I think it goes to, what, 2021, James? Yeah, yeah, it's got the incoming freshmen um, in there as well. And there's it's 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 really cool because there's a lot of a lot of talent uh, with the incoming freshman class. So kind of get get your read up on them so that way you kind of know what's coming down the uh, coming down the chute in the next few years here. So real quick, James, I don't know that you actually answered the question. Are they slow? Are these guys slow? Is the twenty nineteen <laughs> well, is the twenty nineteen wide receiver class good, or are they slow like as good. beep? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, you're right. I guess I kind of beat around the bush there, didn't I? A little bit. Yeah, you went I, off just naming no, all these names. Like nobody asked about all these names. It was a yes well, or right, no question. Right. So, so they're they're good. All right, they're good. And and as far as speed goes. Um, there's a lot of size, so you're probably not going to get a whole lot of speedsters at the uh, the, the top there, um, but you're going to get size speed combination. Wait, so they are um, slow so, as beep. So yeah, you you might you might get some guys who, Dangle, who don't hey, run Dangle might be on don't run the greatest in shorts. So we've but, got a uh, bunch of Auden Tates and Auden Tate. Don't even get me started uh, see, on Auden Tate. I wouldn't Tate, even <laughs> I wouldn't even say well, that. We're going to get to him by the way here in a minute. Oh Travis! But, oh Travis! <laughs> oh, what James. have you started? So should we move on so we can get to Auden Tate and? Uh, Let's do it, man. Let's do it. All right. So yeah. So there you go. Nikhil Harry's still gonna be awesome. I don't care how how fast or slow oh, he yeah. is. He's gonna be a monster. Mm-hmm. All right. So this one is from our buddy Kyle Richardson over at Roto Baller. 
um, who, uh, by the way, is getting some new uh, business cards made um, as the new senior fantasy analyst at Rota Baller. So congratulations, Kyle. Uh, Congratulations, Kyle. Could not happen to a better dude. You absolutely deserve it. That and more. So this is just another step along the way. But this is from Kyle. He says, since Superflex is becoming more and more popular, what are some tips or strategies you would give someone playing for the first time? I want to remind people, in Superflex leagues, there are going to be people like John. What? Who, Where are you going with this? Who devalue Careful. rookie picks significantly? And correct. In when you're in a super flex league, these rookie picks are even more valuable than most people think that they are. Because, That's actually correct. Yes. Right. Because even in so this class is even 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 more so toward towards this mindset, right? Like. There's five guys that are probably going to be drafted in the first round of the NFL draft and therefore probably going to be drafted in the top 12 to 16 picks of, of Superflex rookie drafts. And we just need to keep in mind, like, there there's significant value to be gained in Superflex rookie drafts towards the later, mid to late first round or even early second round. Like let's say you get let's say you have a a, a one twelve pick right the one dot twelve. In in regular non superflex drafts in this year in in particular, that pick is actually more like the one oh eight, because you've got four quarterbacks that have gone off the board. In the first. 11 10 picks right that have pushed this talent at wide receiver and running back back further to your pick at the 112 so that's i guess all i want to keep in mind for people is that in super flex leagues these rookie picks especially like the late first or mid to late first have more value than in other leagues and that doesn't always carry over for for owners when they just see you know if if like let's say somebody's in three non super flex leagues and one super flex league like they're not they're not automatically going to think the 108 is actually the 105 or the 106 you know what i mean as far as like skill position players like running back wide receiver so use that to to your advantage don't sell low on these late you know mid to late firsts because they could actually produce or they could they could um i guess they could give you the value of an earlier first round pick because there's quarterbacks going off the board a lot a heck of a lot earlier yeah no that's absolutely true you think i devalue Picks in a super flex league, you should see in a normal one quarterback league. I have no no use for that crap beyond 1.01. Here's the other thing. Those those picks are going to increase in value after the NFL draft. That's the other problem that I have with it because, you know, unless you have needs at every single position, 1.02 doesn't do a whole lot for you. But it definitely helps in a super flex because, you know, you can always default to quarterbacks. So here's my tip. You can never, never get too many quarterbacks in the Superflex League. They tend to, they they hold their value 
longer overall. But you'll still see, you know, you'll see seasons like Cam Newton just had after where he's, you know, the the quarterback two overall. After he had a season where he was absolutely miserable all season and you could never start him. You know, you never knew when his actually like startable seasons were coming. And then, you know, that'll happen. You'll have Matt Ryan with a MVP season one season and then the following season he's just kind of he's you know not even on the map anymore so you know the the quarterbacks can still be very volatile and you know you always you always want to have some some backup plans so I draft quarterbacks early and often I tell people all the time you know I did a startup draft last year where three of my first four picks were quarterbacks and that's a that's a strategy that I try and employ anytime I can you know, I'll definitely chase premiums, but in a super flex league, the premium is on the quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I love that, John. I think you and I play very similar when it comes to super flex leagues and uh, our strategy with quarterbacks. Um, I, I guess I would say this. If if you don't grab, for whatever reason, let's just say, you know, you grab one quarterback in the first four or five rounds and you don't grab your second quarterback to like the sixth round, and you're getting kind of a low-tier quarterback, too, I, I would say one of the main things that I would do, and either, either way, even if you take two or three quarterbacks in the first four or five rounds, in the later rounds, take flyers. Man, I, take flyers on quarterbacks. Yep. That's that's what I would do. I mean, I, take a Davis Webb. Take, take just a guy that, you know, is going to be sitting there that no one else is going to value very highly that you think may end up getting a chance at having some snaps. You know, I'd take... I don't know. Take take Nate Peterman. I mean, the guy didn't show anything last year, but guess what? Buffalo's starting quarterback right now looks like AJ McCarron. So, I mean, just just take a flyer on a guy that you just think, man, this guy might play some snaps because you never know what's going to happen. You never know who's going to have value. You know, um, just take take flyers on on guys late. You know, load up on quarterbacks. Um, I, I think that's the main thing that I've learned in Superflex is. You never know when someone's going to have value for a couple of weeks and another owner may come, you know, even if it's not a guy you're high on. Let's say Davis Webb is a guy you don't like, but the Eli Manning owner just had Eli Manning go down and his other quarterback's down and he's looking for a start and he comes to you and says, hey, uh, I'll give you a second round pick for Davis Webb because he's going to be starting the next four games and I need him. And, you know, you might not and you might, you know, make that trade or, or maybe you hold him and, you know, you use him or you see, you know, you see kind of what happens with him. Maybe he turns into a a, a decent quarterback. I, I just I, I would say in super flex leagues, it's best to take flyers on those guys. You never know what's going to happen, especially at the quarterback situation. Who saw Case Keenum, you know, doing what he did last year when he was behind Sam Bradford and Teddy Bridgewater looked like he was coming back at some point, and Case Keenum leads him, you know, all the way to the NFC Championship game. I mean, things happen. You know, Nick Foles last year. I mean, who. Who would have thought that that guy would win a Super Bowl? I mean, I know he came on later in the year and he didn't really do a whole heck of a lot, but it's just it's another case of a quarterback that's going to get snaps that if you take him late, he may have some value that you just kind of don't see early. So, um, yeah, back into the draft, load up on quarterbacks, take flyers on those guys. That's that's my um, that's what I would say uh, as far as if you're 
if you've never done a super flex or you're doing your first super flex this year, keep that in mind. Save those last picks. Try to load up on uh, on position players before then. Save those last few picks for quarterbacks that you can take flyers on. That's that's what I would do. Yeah, I love to always have a lotto ticket quarterback on on my roster, at least on taxi squad. If I can get away with it, I'll put them on on taxi. So, you know, last year I had Pat Mahomes on a lot of my taxi squads, and that's kind of paying off, you know, right now going into 2018. And another one that I had, and, and it was a little tougher because, you know, I couldn't put him on taxi. He wasn't, he generally wasn't eligible for a taxi squad. That's usually reserved for rookies only. But so he he was taking up an active roster spot. But I I managed to stash Jam, Jimmy Garoppolo in a couple leagues, and uh, you know just nice, kind of with the assumption that at some point, you know, it's, I've compared him to savings bonds before. I don't know if that's still a thing here in 2018. But <laughs> when I was when I was a kid, everybody I I got a savings bond. My mom bought a pack of diapers and it came with a $50 savings bond and yeah uh, that yeah. that matured right around when I turned 18 so that was cool what uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah that was awesome so I got $50 for uh you know, because I wore diapers when I was a baby wait savings um, bonds don't have in- interest no they uh they it's just kind of a it's I don't know how to describe well, it other than, stupid. yeah, yeah. No, it, yeah. I thought it was awesome. There's <laughs> no worse place to put your money. You're During you're a gonna, savings. If it get, <laughs> if it gains zero interest. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could also argue that it that it gained what fifty fifty five thousand percent interest because of inflation no i mean that's just what they do they they start off it's just nothing it's just a piece of paper but if you hold on to to it for a certain amount no you don't you don't buy them you don't pay 50 dollars for it travis how do you get how do you get them yeah like i said in a pack of diapers that's what you're telling me right now how would i go get a savings bond right now that's what I'm saying. I don't know. It's 2018. I don't know if they even exist anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I don't know. Cut it, all this all right, out. So we all sound like idiots. It's like Bitcoin, <laughs> all right? Yeah, it's like... It's, yeah, oh, my God, it's, dude. You're going to have someone come at you hard. It's probably so much not like Bitcoin. It's not even funny. Probably. Okay. What? What is it like? To, it's like? It's like a beard. How about that? Like, you, you just wait long enough, and it turns into something... Actually, excuse you. I work hard on making this. making your your uh, avatar on Twitter. Oh my god! <laughs> All right. Anyways, that's what Jimmy Garoppolo was, and it it was tough because I had to wait. I had to keep him on my active roster, even though he did absolutely nothing for you know the first several years, uh, uh, other than you know two games in 2016 or whatever. But, you know, it, it just with the idea that Tom Brady retires, this becomes something. And even, an even better situation came along. He gets traded to Kyle Shanahan's offense. And now, all of a sudden, you know, he is, in a lot of people's eyes, the most valuable asset in Superflex. 
it's as crazy as that is. I mean, I, I wouldn't go that far, but that savings bond matured. <laughs> that Bitcoin turned into value from nothing. And uh, now here we are. So, yeah, it's the point being, it's always good to have just kind of a lotto ticket that you're waiting to uh, to, to pay off at all times. And sometimes they don't, but it's it's always worth it to, you know, to be cultivating that. Hey, real quick, this episode is brought to you by GTBets.eu, an official sponsor of the Super Flexible Podcast and the Dynasty Football Network. Are you looking to get some action in on today's games? Head over to GTBets.eu for all of your sports betting needs with updated odds covering all major sports. The bottom line gtbets.eu will have you placing your first bet within minutes with their simple-to-use registration process. So register now and earn up to $500 in free money. Simply add Superflex in the referred by field to get the highest possible welcome bonus. That's Superflex, all one word, for your welcome bonus at gtbets.eu. All right, next one from our buddy Ruben. Redline Ruben, he's he's the one who gets that that <laughs> that nickname, not me. Um, I'm uh I'm non proxy John, non proxy Hogue, and uh, Redline Ruben at, at NFL Awesome Sauce. He also has a really cool and very fitting Twitter handle. When should quarterbacks come off the board for rookie drafts? And uh, this one, for some reason, he directed this one right at me. Um, how much value at DFF Dynasty, dude, how much value difference do you see between 102 and 103? Where is the value cliff? Shower me in thoughts. And I have a feeling that maybe there was uh, that there's some context there in the auction you guys are doing that I missed. Um, but uh, I'm going to let you guys start with uh, quarterbacks coming off the board for the rookie draft just because I've been talking for a long time at this point. I'm going to say that the difference between the one, two and the one, three is definitely more than a $1 <laughs> and $8,000 auction draft. And, uh, <laughs> no, I, I t- look to me, I, I think it depends on, on your value of players. And I think it also depends on kind of landing spots because, Personally, my one two and my one three are ranked pretty closely, and um, I, I think you know landing spot is kind of going to determine how close those guys are for me or how far they are apart. So right now, it's difficult. I mean, when you're just talking about the picks there in general, it's it's pretty difficult. I would have them ranked pretty closely, but I I think um, there's definitely still a, a, a difference. I mean, if I have the one point oh two. And someone's given me the 1.03. I'm not. I'm probably not taking the 1.03 and a third for the 1.02. I probably want a second at least, even if those guys are pretty close, you know. So, if I have the one 102 and you have the 103 and you want to move up that one spot, I'm. I probably want a, a high to mid second to to move down. So, to me, that's decently significant. And I want it in 2018 too. I wouldn't do it for a 2019 pick. So, um, I, I feel like it's it's still. I mean, there's still a gap there that has to be closed. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but how do you feel about it, Travis? Yeah, no, to say that it's $1 value in an auction is pretty silly. Um, 
I get that you know if you if as of this moment right now if you value what you think the second and third best player are very similarly I could see why you would say that but again like you said the NFL draft hasn't happened yet and I let me so let me make it clear that I think that I it's very important to look at these players and these prospects pre-draft and form opinions on them pre-draft so that you know what you think you're dealing with. But it's also silly to not take into account the landing spot at all. Obviously, that's a huge factor. And as of right now, we think we know where these guys are going to be drafted but we really don't and i know john is just creaming his pants right now with hearing me say that but (laughs) finally my day has come (laughs) um so it's it again it's important to have opinions on these players talent wise as far as what you think these players skill sets are and how they're going to translate to the nfl but to not factor in landing spot or to have such a strong opinion to where you say 102 is definitely this guy and 103 is definitely this guy before the NFL draft, I think is a little bit silly. Um, and it's, it's definitely a factor that needs to be considered. And, you know, if so let's say you think Geis is 102 and you think Chubb is 103. And Geis goes to Tampa Bay, a really good situation, right? And Chubb goes to, I guess maybe I should have done the opposite. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. If one of them, like if your 102 goes to a bad situation and your 103 who you had equally or very, very closely valued talent-wise goes to a good situation, you're probably going to flip those two guys and you're probably going to want that other guy a lot more. So, I don't know. I, I think to assign such a value at this point is a little premature. And, I mean, obviously both of those picks are worth a lot. But to say they're equal, I don't think is the case. Because we don't know what that value landscape is going to be two months from now. So, again, I don't have the context. I have a feeling... <laughs> You're going to be so mad at this. I have a feeling that I agree with Ruben on this. Not that they're that they're close. I mean right at this moment at least. So let me start with this. Get out of here. Quarter, You're not even in the lead, should... John. Get out of here. <laughs> I already did. Yeah, that was a good feeling. No, I'm just the most unbiased <laughs> opinion that uh, that there is here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as far as when should quarterbacks come off the board for rookie drafts, right at this moment, without knowing landing spots, I would say as early as one oh two. I, I honestly think that right at this moment you could plan on taking a quarterback at one oh two. Now one oh one is Saquon. As much as you know, I, I I'm not a fan of running backs. I don't like their sustainability. But I just, I, there's to me, there's one guy in this draft who can't miss, and that's Saquon Barkley, and he has to go 1.01. So take that out of the equation. 102 is up in the air right at the moment. And you could, so you could definitely say right at the moment, you know, without knowing landing spots, that the quarterbacks are the safest pick with, with 102 which is essentially 
you know, for our purposes, taking Saquon out of the conversation because he's rubber stamped at 101. So we're saying that what are you doing with the first pick where you actually have to put some thought into it? And I think that right at this moment, you could you could easily say, you know, the safe pick would be a quarterback. I don't know which one it's going to be, but I'm planning on taking a quarterback. The thing about 102 versus 103, though, is that that could change. That could easily change. You know, I've talked about the possibility of Cortland Sutton getting drafted to San Francisco. Darius Geis could land in Tampa Bay. You know, these are that those are some things, those are some landing spots that would shake this thing up and it would it would kind of force your hand a little bit at 102, just the way 101 does. You would be in a situation where, you know, you the only the only reasonable pick here is to take the guy who just landed in the perfect situation. And there and therefore 103 is the pick where you get to actually you know, address your your team needs, you know, as opposed to going best player available. You actually get to address the uh, the positions of need on your roster. So that's, to me, that's where 102, 103 could easily be very similar in value. And I feel like I, I actually wrote an arg- article about this last year in uh, the 2017 draft after the NFL draft. I felt like 102, 101 and 102 were pretty equal in value at the time because so many people had been planning on taking a running back with the first overall pick and then Corey Davis lands in the perfect situation and becomes this, the consensus 1.01 and you're almost forced to take him there. And so, you know, if you needed a running back but you're sitting at 1.01 and there's an obvious pick that you have to make at 1.01, then, you know, you almost are better off at 1.02 where you can actually make a decision. So, and then the last piece of this, the value cliff to me ends somewhere around 105, 106. Um, the, again, the, right now the quarterbacks are safe. There'll probably be somebody else who jumps into the top, you know, the top five who is going to be a pretty safe pick just based on landing spot. Um, and then obviously Saquon, but Right around 106 is where it's going to stop being obvious who you should be taking. Holy shit, dude. Are you done talking yet? (laughs) Hey, listen. (laughs) I've got a lot to say. (laughs) No, you're good, dude. And and I'm not in that chat group, so I don't get to just (laughs) unload all of this stuff. It just festers inside of me all week. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, next one. This is pretty simple. From our fan, friend uh, Christopher Hopper at uh, Beerfield, Beerfueled Fantasy. And he just says simply, tell Kalen Balaj and Auden Tate I hate them. And uh, smiley face. Colon dash parentheses. <laughs> um, yeah, Auden Tate sucks. Uh... Yep. James, does he suck? Yup. Am I on an island here? I think he's... No, you're not. Auden okay. Tate's awesome, and I, awesome. I won't stand for the Tate hate. He is. He is. He's going to be a big physical threat that, like... Yep. I, I'm thinking I'm thinking closer to Megatron oh, James. than I am thinking to Kelvin oh, Benjamin. Oh, James. That's, that's how... 
Dude, I'm high out on Tate. You couldn't. Um, he's be really good at high pointing dude. the ball, dude. He is really good. But I know, I know that Travis is a slave to the numbers. No, 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 he's no, no, looking no, no, at his no. combine numbers, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, wait a minute. He doesn't uh, project as a high end athlete. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm going to hear a lot of that, right? No. My so hear me out on Auden Tate real quick. <laughs> Does he project as an as a high end NFL starter? Absolutely not, based on his his athletic metrics. And let me tell you why. It's not just because I'm a slave to the numbers. There there is a baseline minimum requirement for players to even even play in the NFL as a starting caliber as a starting caliber player. Auden Tate doesn't hit those. <laughs> well, he must. He's in the NFL draft. He might not be. That's my point. His combine was so bad, he might actually <laughs> not get drafted onto an NFL team. He no. ran a 4 6 8 40 yard dash. He had bad that's, jumps. 4 6 8, dude. That's bad. Yeah, it's he had gross. bad it's jumps. Gross. And mm-hmm. he chose not to run. He chose not to run any agility drills at the combine, probably for good reason. Because he would have sucked at him. Exactly. And that's okay. And that's then, okay. hear me out. To he make things have to... worse, no, to make things worse, after having weeks to prepare and improve upon that combine 40 time at his pro day, he went out and put up a 4.75 40 yard dash at his mother freaking pro day. <laughs> Which is historically faster times at pro days than the combine. And he came out weeks later and ran a point zero seven slower than he did at the combine. This dude is not even the bare minimum of athlete to succeed at the wide receiver position in the NFL. He is nothing. He should not <laughs> be on your draft board at all in rookie in rookie drafts, period. Forget about him. He's not an NFL player. He's done. Uh, I so disagree, but that was so passionate. I think that you deserve the mic drop. Yeah, no, I don't. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm to sorry. Think I can't. I can't let him get away with this. I, I can't yeah. let him get away he's with just worse, drawing conclusions from combine older, numbers. He's a worse and older in, Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah. In in shorts, he didn't perform well. He's not a football player. He can't do it with pads on. Okay, Dude, I don't care. That doesn't pull up matter. His, pull up his John, college John Ross stats ran super fast. What did he do? Stats for me. What are his? Does he have insane college statistics? No. no. Okay. He doesn't even off, have that. Do have you watched any Auden Tate film? If you actually watch the film, you see a guy who can separate. You see a guy who can high point the ball. You see a guy who has traits that can translate into the NFL. I'm not saying he's a slam dunk. I'm not saying that this guy is a guy that you go out and spend a first round pick on. But dude, his cost right now is insanely low because As everyone's down be. on him for his combine performance. No, definitely not. There's no way. This guy is is a beast, dude. This guy is going to be a really good wide receiver in the league. And uh and I can't I, even I, believe I'll die you're on saying that. that man. I'm, I'm good with it. I can't even believe you're saying uh, that. No. I'll bet you a hundred dollars no, right I'm, now. I'm good with it. Auden Tate never has a top twenty-four wide receiver finish in fantasy football. Hair bet, really? Hair bet. No, hundred hundred dollar bet. I don't bet. know, man. A hundred, a hundred dollars, huh? <laughs> 
this this could last like twelve to fourteen years, considering he's going to play in the league for a long time. <laughs> but but all he has to do is become a top twenty four wide receiver once in One that time, top and then I win automatically. Wide receiver finish in his career. I mean, he could he could pass away. You know, he could be like seventy. And I'd be like, no, he could come back. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so for me, I got a lot of time on this. Probably more time than I have on the on this earth. So, um, I, I'm not going to cheat you out of your money. So, no, but he will be a top twenty. Let the record show that within James his is first three years to in the league. Accept my bet. Well, in the first <laughs> within his first three years in the league, he will be a top twenty-four Wrong. wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, Kelvin Benjamin did it fairly easily as a rookie. Auden so, Tate's that, worse. No, he's not. I don't he's know not. About he's not. I don't, dude, if I, he if he gets drafted in the first five rounds of the NFL, I'll be shocked. Yeah, I'll bet he goes before Royce Freeman. Oh, I'll take that bet all day. Okay, okay, we'll do that bet. I'll make that bucks. bet. All right, you're on twenty dollars. Auden Tate gets drafted before Royce Freeman in the Done. NFL draft. I'm so excited for the NFL. All right. Beautiful. That's that's all the in- even more. That's so. all the analysis you need. What about Kalen Balage? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a place for Kalen Balage as well, but um, it's uh, he's it got is. more upside than Auden Tate. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, his combine numbers were great, so he's oh, going to be awesome, just like John it's Ross. Not that simple, James. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> he projects well. As, yeah. No, you know what the difference athlete. is? He meets the bare minimum requirements of an NFL starting player. <laughs> That's the difference. He's he performs well in shorts. Okay, I got you. All right. <laughs> uh all right that oh. was my favorite one and i didn't even have a whole lot to contribute there so um, look what you've done christopher <laughs> look what you have done to us yeah. look, look at what you have done uh all right next one Man. from our friend bobby koch at r-e-k-e-d fantasy at wrecked fantasy on twitter and he just says i want you guys to talk about why russ wilson is the goat puke and how good blake bortles is oh and what are we doing with andrew luck nice try on to the next one dan dan (laughs) thurry from uh beer fueled fantasy so yeah we oh this one's we got some awesome beer fueled questions here so this is from dan thurry another host of the beer fueled fantasy podcast at t-h-u-r-y-b-f-f he said, rank these quarterbacks if we played three more seasons. As if we played three more seasons, sorry. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Jimmy G, Deshaun Watson. I picked these four because they might be the hot, the four hottest names rising up people's quarterback dynasty list. I also think Pat Mahomes is in there and maybe even Mitchell Trubisky. But this is a good list. So uh, who wants to start? And Who wants to rank these guys? I'll go. Nice. Let's hear it. I'm going to go Wentz, Garoppolo, Goff, Watson. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, that is interesting. Definitely different than mine. I'll I'll go ahead and go, and uh, mine are Wentz, Watson, Goff, and Garoppolo. Wow. Garoppolo hate. Mm-hmm. 
No, I, I like the guy. No, you hate I, him. I think I like the other him. three more. <laughs> you obviously <laughs> hate him. Uh, yeah, obviously. And I legitimately have it ranked this way. Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff. So, so we're all none different. of us. So we don't have a consensus. The only consensus yet. is Wentz number one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't, so even, that one's I don't even feel one. good about that. Really? No, we're fine. Okay. All right. So yeah, we can we can push Wentz off to the side. He's easily number one for all three of us. Next up, so me and James both had Deshaun Watson. Travis, you had Goff? Or no, Jimmy Garoppolo. No, Jimmy G. Garoppolo. There you go. And he's okay. closer he's closer to Wentz than he is to number three. Oh wow. Jeez. Okay. Mm. This is getting Look this at, is listen, getting listen, take. listen. The question was imagine we're three years from now. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the question. Not right now, not twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Imagine yeah. we're three years from now and rank these guys. Right. So yeah, I mean I, I think Wentz, I mean, Wentz is awesome, obviously, but I have my concerns, as talked about, I think, was it last show or two shows ago, John, mm-hmm. um, when I said to sell high on Wentz? Last show. Yep, last show you said that. I know, it was two, two shows ago. Bullshit. It was ADP buys and sells two yeah. shows ago, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. Last so, week. Last week. You said that crap. I did, and I stand by it, so... <laughs> Damn it. All I'm saying is we don't know who he is yet. So to say three years from now he's going to be above all these guys is not – it's just not a guaranteed thing. Um, I still well, have him. that's true of all four of them. Though. Right, of course. I still have him number one though, so let's not get crazy yeah. here. Yeah, like I said, we can put Carson Wentz yeah, off to the so side. Jimmy we all G, agree. I guess my point is Jimmy G is close. I think his upside is higher. Goff I think mm-hmm. we all like. But we all can kind of see his limitations, right? Like, we're not yeah. really fooling anyone there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Watson... And part of that is personnel for me, to be honest. Interesting. I like his I like his receivers. I don't love them. And I don't know that, that anything is going to change there. But, sorry. Absolutely. Sorry. I mean, mean, three years from now, who they could have three new wide receivers, dude. We don't know. The NFL changes Three years from the now, time. they're going to be... Three years from now, they're going to be giving Jared Goff a monster contract and figuring out how the hell do we pay anybody else on this team. Maybe. Maybe. Or uh, or okay, Sean so McVay how... could be getting fired. Like, we have no idea what happens three years. To say we have any clue what's going to happen in the NFL three years from now is just stupid. Right. Yeah, this, kind this of. But... Okay, but couldn't insane. you say that with Kyle Shanahan, too, Absolutely though? it's possible. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Like we thought, we thought, um, we uh, go back twelve months. What did we think about Adam Gase? How does that compare to our thoughts about Adam Gase today? Like, my point is this: this league is so transitional; it it, it changes so much all the time. Like to say we have any clue what's going to happen three years from now is just—it's just silly. We don't. So how do we do this then? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, to I, I'm just saying we need to be fluid. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah, we don't know. Like, to have such a, a a strong opinion either way is is not really smart. I don't think. Like, 
Yeah. There was a point There's... in time when 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 Jeff Fisher was considered a good coach. Do you know what yeah, I mean? That's... Like we don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, and I, I get that, Travis. I think I think the point that you make that um <laughs> this is all pretty much a guessing game at this point because three years from now, I mean, like you said, who knows? I, I, I agree with that. I think that's a good point. But I guess my, my I guess my the only issue I take with it is that I it seems like everyone took a took a a, a chance to point out Goff's deficiencies and I guess I'm not sure why. Like, is his supporting cast worse than Jimmy G's right now? Like, I don't know. I would rather have Brandon Cooks and uh, two good young tight ends and Cooper Cup and then Marquise Goodwin, Pierre Garçon, and George Kittle. I mean, there's a lot of question marks there, in my opinion. I'd rather have, you know, Brandon Cooks, I think, is the best receiver out of anyone on either team. I don't know. I guess... It just seemed like um, it seemed like we take shots on Goff a little bit and see his deficiencies, but really, I mean, we don't know a lot about Watson and we don't know a lot about Jimmy G. I know I have Watson ranked higher because of his upside, but honestly, I, I think Goff is is really on it. We probably know more about Wentz and Goff than we do the other two at this point. So if we're drawing conclusions off of what we've seen, I think there's more certainty with with Wentz and Goff than there is the other two, but. You know, that's. I guess that's just me. That's um, true. There is a kind of there, my thinking. There is it. a a more comprehensive sample size. I'll definitely give you that. I for me, it's more. It, it feels like Jared Goff is a little bit dependent on. And I'm. This might not be totally fair because as as a rookie, he had, you know, Jeff Fisher and um, who were his receivers. <laughs> I don't even remember. Tavon, Tavon Austin. Austin, yeah, um, Brian Quick. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get Teddy it. Britt. You know, yeah. There you go. Woohoo! You said that like it was a good thing. <laughs> Didn't he Travis. have 900 yards? I believe he did, so, and yeah. that's that's a miracle. <laughs> yeah. But so if it feels like Jared Goff is a little bit dependent on you know the the players that they they're able to put around him, you know, it took. You know, breakout season from Robert Woods and you know Sammy Watkins and Todd Gurley carrying the carrying the majority of that load for Jared Goff to have the quote unquote breakout season that he just had. Where, by the way, he finishes quarterback twelve. Whereas Jimmy Garoppolo came from a system where they don't give a shit who the, who the wide receivers are. the The New England Patriots will throw out anybody and everybody they don't care as long as you're small and white that's all they care about and and he learned to succeed wow. i guess that's <laughs> the point i get that i i guess i see todd Gurley's success as more of a detriment to jared goff's yeah fantasy outlook i mean i i think if todd Gurley didn't have the season he had goff would have had more passing attempts probably more touchdowns and more yards so i, I mean the fact that he did what he did while while Todd Gurley did that, to me, makes it more impressive. But I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's just my take on it. All right. We got one more set of questions here from our friend Ryan. He's at R-P-O-L-Z-I-N 25 on Twitter. And it, honestly, this is one of the nicest dudes, one of the most... Um, it, one of the most engaging dudes when it comes to fantasy, and he should have way more followers than he does. But 
Anyway, so Ryan gave us just an even flow of questions here. And uh, some of them we're going we're gonna to back burner for now. Um, partly because we've some of them we've already talked about a little bit. Some of them are uh, more logistical questions about a listener league that we would love to do, um, but have absolutely no answers right at the moment. But here's what we can answer. First of all, he asked Tariq Cohen, is he a must-buy or a sell-high? All right, I'll go first. Uh, to me, he's a must-buy. For me, it depends on the format, but overall, I'm going to say a must-buy. He's a perfect zero running back type of guy for me so this is very interesting to me can i ask you guys why Tariq cohen is a must buy if jordan howard is a (laughs) is a legitimate rb1 slash 1.5 option yeah yeah, absolutely. I'll answer real quick. Um, for me, it's pretty simple. Like I stated, I'm not totally sold on what the Bears have done to their receiving core, which means they're going to need somebody out of the backfield that can catch some passes. It wouldn't shock me if they used two back sets and have Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen in there an awful lot, and I think Tariq Cohen's going to be the pass-catching back, so I think he can succeed in that role while Howard succeeds in as the primary ball carrier. So do you think that with the addition of Allen Robinson and Trey Burton... Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard combined will have more receptions this year than they did last year. Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So So to me... Although they're adding Allen Robinson and Trey Burton... (laughs) Yeah. Let me get this straight for a second. You think that with the addition of these passing game weapons, that that Tariq Cohen and and Jordan frickin' Howard will have more receptions than they did last year in which they had zero pass catching options at the wide receiver yeah, position. That's what you're yeah. saying to me. Yes. I don't even are you guys yes. from another planet? I don't understand what's going on here. Maybe maybe <laughs> Why man. is this so Look. difficult? Like why are we making this too hard? I don't understand <laughs> we, this at all. We <laughs> like let's we not let's not overthink very this guys. Come on. No, we didn't. We didn't. We said Come we both on. said yes. Yeah, <laughs> we both said... It's easy. The Bears offense is going to be better. They're going to have more shit. completions. So Dude, so if they have this... more completions per game, yeah. then there's more passes to be caught. So, and for me, like yeah. I said at the at the beginning of this show, Jordan Howard and I'm also going to going to lump in Tariq Cohen. Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen are the training wheels. For a second-year quarterback trying to find his legs, you don't. I mean, okay, that's such like a vague, weird statement. They brought in Allen Robinson for a reason. How, <laughs> uh, all right, on the trade show, we we've how, got yet another Allen Robinson trade. How, at least how many targets do you think Allen Robinson is going to get? Uh, I, two. That depends. Does he stay healthy all sixteen games? Because <laughs> yeah. that is a huge question mark. Is with him. it? Same thing with Kevin White. Same thing with Taylor Same Gabriel. Same thing with yeah, Kevin White. Is. What are you talking about? Well, who else do they have, Travis? Who else did they bring in at wide receiver that you think is going to start? Is Taylor Gabriel an outside the hash wide receiver? Cam Meredith they lost. I mean, who? I, I don't understand. Kevin Everyone White. thinks that the Bears have really improved their receiving core. What have they really done? Yeah. I mean, Allen Robinson's <laughs> a big upgrade. If he stays healthy, he is. 
But what else? I mean, there's nothing else there. So like, hold on. You just also, said you just said what also, have they really done to their wide receiver core? And then in your next breath, you said Allen Robinson's a huge upgrade. Well, yeah. If he stays healthy, he absolutely is. But he has to stay. I mean, he has to stay they, healthy. They've they've relied on guys like Kevin White in the past who can't stay healthy, and now you have Allen Robinson, another guy whose health is kind of a question mark. So, yeah. I mean, outside of Allen Robinson, they haven't done anything, in my opinion, to really address that. So when I brought up Kevin White, you said Kevin White, and I don't I don't know who's who else do they have that's a better option to start outside. And besides besides what is, health, what does that even the other mean? The, you you asked how many targets he's going to get, and that means nothing to me. It, you can throw the ball down the field to Allen Robinson a hundred times; it doesn't matter. I mean, if he's not catching the ball, if they're not able to connect, that that means nothing. And you're right back to dumping it off to Tariq. Wait, Cohen. so you think because do you just think Trubisky sucks? I don't understand where your logic is coming from. I don't think Trubisky sucks. I think Trubisky is young, and I think so that you, think you he's can't not expect be able him to target his number one wide receiver. You think he's going to be? To me, Allen Robinson to... is not a possession guy. Start with that. Allen Robinson is a is a red zone threat. He's a deep down the field type of guy. He's he's not. If if you're looking for just for you know to pick up yardage in between the twenties. I don't I don't know. I don't think that you're looking for Allen Robinson. I think that you're handing it off to Jordan Howard. You're dumping it off to Tariq Cohen. You're working the middle of the field with those tight ends. Yeah, I mean it, to me Allen Robinson is a finisher. That's that's what he's there to be. He's the the touchdown guy. So the original the reason we're having this argument is because you think that Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen will have more receptions in 2018 combined than they did in 2017. Is that correct? Correct. I'm I'm sorry, guys. I just think that's so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> Dude. I'm sorry. I just don't see how you could even... You can't say you're sorry and then call us dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that, just, that makes even less sense than us saying that... Jordan Howard's going to catch the ball. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean... Apology accepted, I guess. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. I'm not so sure I accept it yet. So so Howard and Cohen combined last year had 76 receptions. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 4.75 per game. You're going to tell me that that these guys can't catch more than between them can't catch more than one pass per quarter wait you're breaking it down by quarter now what is 4.75 a game that's the bar 4.75 receptions per game between the two of them okay so yeah that's that's so five catches a game gets them there i don't know what you want me to say to that i don't know i just <laughs> they I, we can we can move on, dude. I just was, I think they've added number. they've added all these weapons, and their quarterbacks advancing into a second year. I just don't see how you could make the argument that yeah we've added Allen Robinson and Trey Burton and but yet we're gonna pass the ball to the running backs more than we did when we had literally nothing 
at the wide receiver position. Like, I don't understand that. Because tell me, okay, give well, me a well, quarterback quick, Travis, with a career you... arc who just who just comes out and throws the ball deep down the field four hundred times all season and That's ignores the running. That's not what I'm back. saying by any means. I'm not saying he's going to be the most prolific deep threat passer in the NFL. But he had well, to ignore me, the. Can I break I'm it saying, down this look way look though? This real is quick. The, this is a situation. In 2017, he had no receivers to throw to. And the running backs caught 74 passes. In 2018, he's going to have receivers to throw to. And they're going to catch less passes at the running back position. Like, it's simple math. Well, I understand that. But, Travis, look, do you think the Bears are going to – do you think Mitchell Trubisky is going to have more pass attempts than last year? Yeah, because he only played like seven games. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, Do you think he'll have more passing attempts – an average, average per game. Do you think he'll average more passing attempts? I don't per know game? what his passing attempts per game were. Okay. Do you think that Mitchell Trubisky will have a higher completion percentage than he did last year? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have those numbers in front of me. Do you have so them what in front so, of you? So basically, what you're no, but but what you're saying is is that they they added these receivers that are going to make him better. But you don't know if he's going to complete a higher no, percentage of his passes. No, I'm saying they added these receivers that they're that... going to throw the ball to more. That's what I'm saying. Well, right, but I mean, I'm just saying I'm not if, saying they're going to make him better. The Bears are a better team. Oh, okay, I, I guess then I don't, I don't get it. Then, like, if they're not going to make him better, then why wouldn't he continue passing the ball, dumping the ball off to the running back? I just think that's a. I, I honestly, I just better. think that's like. All right. Anyways, let's see. Let's see if we can get through at least one of these other ones. From Ryan. <laughs> yeah, we uh, real quick. We ran All into right. a wall on that one. I I wasn't <laughs> expecting that really. Yeah. For Mister, we're over an hour and fifteen minutes in. All right, we gotta go quick. Hey, you then, guys were the hey, ones. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Who said that Tariq Cohen is a buy? In a PPR, I gave a one-word answer. So so let's back up a little bit. We all think Tariq Cohen is a buy. Okay. You guys just don't have anything to base oh, it on. I okay. do. I have something to base it on. Jordan it's Howard stinks. Uh, eh, no. Okay, I I don't know that I I don't know that I even disagreed with Jordan Howard not being good. What I said at the top was Jordan Howard is going to get a ton of volume, which is you know, which is relevant in fantasy. I was just trying to take one Does... last shot. Let's go. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Real quick. Bulldozer. Real quick. Jamal Williams or Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones. Who are you taking? Aaron Jones. Dude, I hate this question so much because I like Aaron Jones better, but I'm, I live in the Wisconsin area, and every single thing I hear is that Jamal Williams is going to get every chance to to win that job. So I'll take Jamal Williams, what? even though I think Aaron uh, Jones is more wow. talented. Uh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Stemming from Aaron Jones' off-field issues, they don't. They have a lot of question marks about his maturity. But wait, what on. are those? That's important information I, I, that I have not been privy to yet. It's it's just it, – I guess it's just some immaturity issues that they have with him. Um and he didn't he miss some time for it this yeah, last year too. Yeah, he got suspended for something DUI or something. Oh dang, you're right. Yeah. No, it wasn't DUI, was it? 
It was something like, or he got arrested or something. I, I don't remember just, exactly what it is. But. <laughs> yeah, let's just think. It was it was marijuana related charges. <laughs> there you go. Is what it was. There you go. Yeah, marijuana related charges. There you go. All right, here we go. Thoughts on the Dallas offense with Des gone, and uh, are you buying or selling Des Bryant? I think they're going to bring somebody else in. Absolutely. That's a stupid, obvious statement. I love Dez, dude. It makes me sad. I don't. Part of me wants to think that he's still got it and they just were not using him properly, but I don't know, man. I just don't. I, the, the ceiling I see for Dez is he goes somewhere where they've got open targets and he is a touchdown dependent wide receiver too like he i could see des coming in next year on some random ass team and catching 14 touchdowns like absolutely that could happen but it (laughs) could also not happen obviously uh but he's dirt cheap so i mean especially like for instance ryan that the guy who asked this question got him for super cheap in that auction draft that we're in right now like super cheap where it's definitely worth the risk in my opinion um him leaving dallas as far as that's concerned i think they're going to bring somebody else in i don't think you can bet on any of the the current options in the passing game um other than zeke and jason witten and i know that's going to piss john off but that's that's where i stand (laughs) the same guy who drafted alan hearns based on his numbers doesn't even mention him when he talks about the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, <laughs> man, but I, I, that was a no, trick I think question right, I, when I drafted him. I got <laughs> tricked into it. <laughs> yeah, I, you can hide your love for Alan Hearns all you want, but we know you love his stats, and that's all that matters is his stats to me. But no, I, I, I think you're right. They're going to bring someone in, and I could see it being someone like a James Washington in the second, you know, late second, early third um, round, depending on if they can trade to that spot. But, um, but yeah, I, I think Dallas's offense needed this um, just because just a, a deck isn't very good at fitting the ball in the tight spaces, and Dez doesn't separate well. So I think I, I think I, I've convinced myself that this was for the best for Dallas's offense. Um, so I'm okay with it. Uh, I I do think that you're right. I mean, Dez is he's so he's going to be so uh, landing spot dependent. I mean, imagine what happens if Des lands on Baltimore. I want nothing to do with Des Bryant on the Baltimore Ravens and Joe frickin' Flacco throwing him the ball. But if he lands in, in Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers is throwing him the ball and he's taking the Jordy rollover, absolutely, you're right. He's going to be a red zone target. He's going to be a guy who sees, you know, 12 touchdowns in my opinion. So, yeah, I want him. Like, I'm buying him. So I, it's really hard to, to assess Des right now. But... You're right. A lot of places, a lot of people are giving him away just because, you know, there's there's retirement talk. There's talk of of whatever, you know. I mean, I, I don't know where he's going to wind up. So um, I think now is probably the time to buy him before he finds a landing spot because you can get him cheap. So I, I'd probably buy Dez just for that. Yeah, I'm buying Dez. I, it also sounds like he's going to stay in the NFC East. Um, that's his preference, and I think that those teams probably get a discount. So, and that's a good situation, no matter where he ends up. You know, worst case scenario is Washington, and even then, it's like who else do they really have to fill that role? So, yeah, I I, I like Des getting out of Dallas. 
Um, I think that, uh, and then just like you guys said, the the value right now is just ridiculous. As far as the Dallas offense, yeah, I mean, uh, Alan Hearns is a buy to me right at the moment because, yeah, they're going to draft a guy, maybe two, but you're not going to get a whole lot out of those rookies, right, you know, in the first year. So Alan Hearns is going to be the the focal point of that offense um, this year. Uh, that doesn't mean that you're going to get a lot out of him. Doesn't mean that you're going to get a lot out of Dak. I mean, you just you can't lose a guy like Des Bryant and expect to be better than you were with him. It just doesn't happen. So, um, uh, to me, this even hurts Ezekiel Elliott a little bit. You know, you lose a piece like Des Bryant, and you know, there's going to be some growing pains for whoever they bring in. And in the meantime, yeah, I mean, it, it just when the offense loses a piece like that the entire offense suffers for it all right we'll wrap it up right there but really want to thank all of you guys for sending in the questions and uh it's great to to be able to interact this way um with our great listeners um be able to get some thoughts some things that are on your mind and uh get them out there into the universe so um, hope it hope it was helpful for sure but either way just really appreciate the uh, the interaction and that's been honestly the best part of this podcast is the interaction from the listeners so um, just want to we just want you guys to know how much we value that but we'll be back in a couple days to talk about some trades that you've got going on and uh until then bye, bye.